Mark Twain famously said, the right word is the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. Big difference there. One little word changes everything, doesn't it? The world offers many witting sayings on communication. Uh, you can thank my wife and the internet for these. All right. Here they are. Every time you talk to a woman, you should remember that the conversation is being recorded for quality and training purposes. <laughs> I read, I said one of them this morning. All right, here's another one. A couple goes to see a marriage counselor. The marriage counselor looks at the husband and says, your wife says you never buy her flowers. Is that true? The man looks at her and says, to be honest, I never even knew she sold flowers, all right? I know, that one wasn't as good, but I thought it was funny. When a woman says, what, it is not because she didn't hear you. She's giving you a chance to change what you said. That is, that is it's more true than it is funny. All right, anyway. <laughs> A wife asked her husband to take her to one of those restaurants where they make the food right in front of you. So he took her to Subway, and that's where the fight started. All right. My wife says I have two faults, that I don't listen and something else. If a man is talking in the forest and there is no woman around to hear him, is he still wrong? All right. I know those are bad. While these may be humorous... I'm thankful we have the word of God, for that is actually helpful. Amen? Now let's dive into the King's Communication Principles tonight and see what God has for us. All right, we left off in chapter 10 of Proverbs there. Uh, let's go there, Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to go chronologically, and that'll help us just stay, uh, just stay in line there. It helps me. And uh, as I list them out here, Proverbs chapter 10, we gave you seven uh, this morning. I'm going to try to get through at least three or four of them tonight. Uh, I think I have listed i have 20 i have 19 listed so anyway i definitely won't get through all those so don't sweat too much all right number eight if you if you're taking notes from this morning it would be number eight uh don't run your mouth unchecked all right proverbs chapter 10 verse number 19 in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin but he that refraineth his lips is wise it, it, or, yeah, sorry. I said it right. I just was, I, I said it right, and then I looked down and I was reading a different verse at the same time. And uh, this is why we communicate. All right, here we go. Proverbs 10 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. You know what that's saying? The more you talk, the more likely you are to say something that you regret. Now, there are many kinds of communicators, aren't there? There are talkers. There are non-talkers. There are people who talk a lot, but only to people that they like. All right? They are talkers, but they have to be around people that they're comfortable with. There are people who are recluses. They just don't talk to anybody. They just would prefer to never speak to anybody. And by the way, you know what? Whether you're a talker or a non... You know, some people think being a non-talker means you're a better communicator. And there is some biblical principle to that. All right? I know some people... My grandpa was like that. He did not talk a lot. He just didn't. He'd sit over there in his rocking chair... He had a, a, a mug that had a pheasant on it because he loved pheasant hunting. And he'd just sit there and he'd rock and he'd drink his coffee and he'd listen to everybody. 
And every now and then he'd pop up and he'd be like, hey. And he just had this real deep voice. And he worked at the same place for, 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 for all his life and walked to work every day. Took a little metal lunch pail to work every day. He retired. I only ever knew him when he was retired. He worked at Fisher Controls there in Marshalltown, Iowa. And he was a quiet man. But you know what? When he spoke, you listened. Why? Because he didn't use words very often. Now, there are some people, they don't use words very often because they're just shy, and I understand that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. By the way, if you're a talker, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Actually, you can use that gift for the Lord. But you know what? A lot of times, have you ever said something and you just said, you just kept talking and you just went a little too far? I know I have. I'm a talker by nature. It's okay. I know who I am. All right. I have the gift of gab, as some people call it. And uh, that's great for when it's out door-to-door soul winning. That's what's a wonderful thing to have. But you know what? Also, I know I've had friends sometimes where I've been talking to them and just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And then I said something and then they're like, and I was like, oh, I went too far that time, didn't I? Why? Because that is a good communication principle. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. All right. Sometimes it's just better. not. If you can't think of what to say, sometimes it's better just not to say anything. Uh, words are the shrapnel of battle that a person must live with for the rest of their life. Anybody in here have a BB in them that's stuck in there forever? I've known guys like that. They get shot by a BB bullet as a kid and the doctors decide not to take it out, you know? I've known some Vietnam veterans who have shrapnel in their bodies that has never been removed. Every year they go to get a checkup to see if it's moving closer to their heart or one of their major organs because as long as it's not doing that, it's fine. And it would be more damage to go in there and rip it out. But you know what? Listen, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Most of us, most of us, if we sat here... We can remember something bad someone said about us. And the fight was over 10 years ago. But we still remember that one thing. Why? Because words stick, don't they? They stick. And so be careful with your words. By the way, remember, refraining doesn't mean not speaking. Refraining means choice speaking, all right? Refraining doesn't mean not speaking. That's, that's also bad for a relationship. Just to shut it down and just not talk to each other? Stonewall? That's not good. Even when you're having a problem. Now, there are some times where, you know what? I'd much rather my wife stonewall me than tell me what I'm doing wrong. All right? I just truthfully. But at the same time, not speaking is not good either. And some people, that's their response is, well, I'm just not going to talk at all. Well, that's not good either. All right? Refraining in the Bible doesn't mean not speaking. It means choice speaking. Number nine. It's also found in chapter number 10. It's in verse number 32. It says, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Number nine, be appropriate in your conversation. You know, we're, we're Christians, and we shouldn't have to say that. But we all know that one person, have you ever heard this phrase before, some people have no filter? If I said it, can you think of somebody that comes to mind? Yeah, we all can, right? We all can. Hey, no nudging and pointing, all right, all right. But you know what, truthfully, listen, listen, we should have a filter. Because we're Christians. And we should be different. And we should know when we're we're in a group of people, what is okay to say and what's not okay to say. And there are some things when I'm just with a group of guys that I can say that I can't say other places. And there are some things when you're a group of ladies. And there are some things when when there's children in the room that I shouldn't say. It's not that I'm being wrong or crude or crass or anything like that. It's just there's, there's conversations 
that we as Christians should know, hey, listen, the Bible says it clearly. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness, all right? Perver the, the word frowardness means perversity. It means fraudulent things. And, and those things ought never be spoken on our lips. By the way, that means when you're at your workplace and you come and you sit down at the break room table, they ought to know you're a Christian and the conversation ought to change. Now, I understand sometimes that means I have to go sit by myself. And I've had to do that. I've worked in a lot of workplaces in my life. I know what it's like to walk up to a group of guys and sit down at the table and they go, oh, you guys, I'm talking about, and they're like that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'd appreciate that, all right? Why? Because I'm a Christian, I'm different. But you know, at the same time, we ought to speak what is acceptable. Uh, we ought to speak what is acceptable. Be appropriate in your conversation. You know, by the way, you know what? Some people think the older they come, the, the, the more excuses they have to say whatever they want, all right? You're still a Christian no matter how old you are. Be different. I know, maybe I'll be that way someday. But you know what? It, we, we laugh at it, and I'm not talking about some things. I, I, guess, I guess at a certain age, you just don't care what anybody thinks about you anymore, right? And you know what? Some of that's true. But you know, at the same time, it ought to be appropriate. I've known some dirty old men, too, that just didn't care what anybody thought, and they just thought they could say whatever they want. And that is not attractive, nor is it becoming a Christian. All right. You don't say amen on it. I'll say it again. All right. I'm just kidding. Number 10. Number 10. Don't believe everything you hear. Let's go to chapter 14. Chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse number 15. I mean, the Bible is so plain and it is so simple and Proverbs is so clear. And honestly, I wonder why people keep needing to rewrite the Bible because I'm, I can pretty much understand everything that's being said here. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent looketh well to his going. Now we're talking specifically about, about relationships, so let's apply it to that. If I am not careful, I will pass judgment on a situation before I hear the other explanation. Sometimes my wife will say something. Now I am, I am guilty of this, okay? I, I am bad at this. My wife will go to ask me a question, and I think I already know what she's going to say, so I will finish her sentence for her. That's a bad thing to do. Because sometimes I'm right, and sometimes I'm not, all right? And sometimes, you know what I get back, and rightfully so? Okay, well, fine. If that's what you think, I'm not going to tell you, all right? I know, my sweet, darling wife says that to me sometimes, and she's right. Because I, I, just, I just finished her sentence for her. Hey, let people finish their thought, all right? Just let them, let them speak. Let him speak. One of the things I learned from my pastor in Lima, Ohio, one of the greatest things he taught me about when someone would come into his office and I would be there, you know, and, we're, and, and they would say something to him, he, they would leave and he'd say, you know what, James, there's two sides to that coin. Because you know what I found out about most people's marriages and most people's relationships? It's always the other person's fault. It always is. It is. Come on, Brother Young. Give me some amens here. But you know what? There's one story, and there's the other side of the story. And if I hear the yeah, truth and lies, you know. But if I hear the other side of the story, all of a sudden, my narrative may change. And you know what? We should be, uh, the, wise pers the simple person just believes everything someone says. Now, I'm not saying you ought not believe what the Word of God says. I think, we under I think we have enough common sense to figure that out. But that's, by the way, that's why we go back to this. Because at the end of the day, if I can sit here and I can show you what this says... This is, your problem's not with me anymore. Your problem's with God. Amen, all right? That's why we got to have principles for what we do. 
But you know what? Listen, if I'm not careful, or, or your kids, you call them in. What happened? You hear something. Well, Dad. Oh, and you know what? I already know what happened, and I take care of it. Well, I've got to be careful about that. Why? Because I don't always know what happened. Hey, I'm, I'm the second oldest of seven kids. And I will tell you a secret about older siblings. Older siblings like to pick on younger siblings. And sometimes they collaborate together to make it look like neither one of them did it. I know, because I have an older brother, and he led me astray many times into persecuting my younger brothers and sisters. Can you believe that? He would do such a thing. What a horrible person he was. All right. He's not here to defend himself tonight. So if he was, I would say the same thing about him, though. But you know what? Truthfully, truthfully, me and him both did some things we shouldn't have done. And we knew how to get away out of it. You'd punch your little brother, you know, and hurt him really bad. And you'd be like, oh, punch me in the arm, you know, and he'd punch you in the arm. And you'd be like, oh, man, man, you got me good, man. Oh, you hurt me way worse than I hurt you. Why? Because you just don't want them to go tell dad, all right? It's called manipulation. I've done some things to my brother. I, I ducked, no, I didn't duct tape. That's not true. I saran wrapped my brother Caleb to a foosball table one time, all right? <laughs> Mom and dad were gone. I was there. I was the uh, adult in the house, right, at 13 or 14 years old. He was getting on my nerves and not doing what I said, and I was the boss. So I took him, I put him on the foosball table, took the saran wrap, and I just saran wrapped him. I said, fine, stay there. And I got my personality warped after that a little bit, all right? And some other things on me got warped as well. But any, anyway, anyway, my dad did not put me in timeouts. So anyway, but you know what? I, I deserved it. But you know what, folks? Listen, we got to be careful, okay? Just don't believe everything you hear. Years ago, I think I've told this story in church before. Uh, years ago, we had a child that wrote on the wall with crayons. And he was one, so obviously it was at an age where they probably didn't understand that. No, they still got in trouble for it. But my wife called my mother-in-law, you know, and got some advice about how to get this off the wall. Because, you know, you, you say, well, I know how to do that, preacher. Well, when you're young and you have your first kid, you don't always know these things, all right? So she says, well, put mayonnaise on the wall. Rub it all over the crayon. And after a little bit, uh, go in there and clean it off and it'll come right off. I put mayonnaise on the wall. You know what happened, don't you, Miss Tina? That mayonnaise didn't come off that wall. The crayon didn't come off either, by the way. My house smelled like mayonnaise, warm mayonnaise, room temperature mayonnaise, for the next three months. And then my wife calls her and says, this didn't work. And she's like, well, I just, uh, uh, I just, I wasn't, I just looked it up on the internet, you know, and I was like, you mean you've never tried this? Anyway, and you wonder why some people live farther away from their mother-in-law than others, all right? What I'm saying is, you got to prove things. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Verse 22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. By the way, that's a good principle for anything, all right? It's a Christian principle there. Uh, Pastor Ross preaches a message from 1 Thessalonians 5 called the Ten Commandments for Church Members. And you know what? That's one of them. Prove, listen, as a Christian, I'm supposed to prove all things. And you know what I do? When I, once I've proved it, I've tried it, and I've examined it according to God's word, I hold fast to the good, and then I abstain from all appearance of evil, all forms of evil, anything that could be perceived as evil in this situation, I abstain from. Proverbs says the simple just believes every word. But the prudent man looketh well to his going. All right, number 11. Number 11. 
I love my mother-in-law, by the way. She's the best one I've ever had, all right? <laughs> I tell her that sometimes. and She's like, oh, thanks, you know. But anyway, Proverbs 14.23. Proverbs 14.23, point number 11. We might be done with this one. If we have time, we'll get to another one. Talk is cheap. Number 11, talk is cheap. Proverbs 14, verse number 23. In all labor, there is profit. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. You know, any meaningful, lasting relationship takes work. It not only takes work, it takes hard work. It is hard work. Ladies, it's hard work to stay married to a man, isn't it? All right? Man, we've got the easy part, don't we? All right? Because our wives are just better Christians than us for the most part. I have, listen, folks, I understand the scenario is different sometimes too, okay? I, I, understand, I understand the world we live in. But you know what? Truthfully, folks, listen, we've got divorce rate higher than one out of every two in America right now. I mean, it's greater than that. Why is that? Because most people don't want to work to make it work. You hear phrases like, well, I just, I just stopped loving them. Well, loving, loving someone is a, is a, is a work. Yeah. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't a feeling. It's something you have to do every day. Yeah. Go, to open, you see, open your Bible and you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you see what charity is. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Because, folks, listen, we need to understand what... We'll probably hit that in the sermon, all right, sometime. Because you've got to revisit that every, every year during family month. Love is a lot more than just a feeling. But that's what a lot of people have. Oh, they just, I just love them, and they just love me, and they're so wonderful. And then two months later, she realizes that he does, too, leave his clothes on the bathroom floor, all right? And, you know, but what? It's work. It's work. Or, not just marriage. Listen, friendships are work. Why? Because you don't always have the feeling. Getting along with your siblings is work. Why? Because you don't always love each other. I had two sisters, all right? You don't always love them. I love them now. But I didn't always. I didn't always love my brothers. We, me and my brother Roger, man, we butted heads. Why? Because we're a year and a half apart. And if you saw us, you'd probably think we're the same person. All right? If you didn't know us very well, I mean, we, we look a lot alike. And he was my older brother. He was my boss. He was my, I, I worked in a bus route at the church, and he was my bus captain. I mean, he was literally in charge of every area of my life, I felt like. And I just wanted to be out of his shackles, his oppression. So we butted heads. You know what? Now we get along great. We'd live far apart. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But you know what? Truthfully, truthfully, I do. I love my brother. But you know what? It didn't always, it didn't always happen that way. Why? Because talk is cheap. We can say we love somebody, but it's work. To stay married for 53 years is work. I mean, you know what? I, as good as Miss Mary is and as good as Brother Dave is, they've had some bumps in the road. They've had some quitting places. They both had times where they could have walked away and justified it. It's work. It is work. Listen, any relationship you have is work. By the way, I like this thought here, and we're going to end with this. In all labor, there is profit. You say, preacher, I try, but they don't. In all labor, there is profit. That means if you try to be a good husband, whether your wife tries to be a good wife, there is profit. 
That means whether if you try to be a good wife, whether your husband tries to be a good husband, in all labor there is profit. That means if you try to be a good daughter, whether your parents love you or not, or want you to do right or not, in all labor there is profit. By the way, we believe in Galatians. We believe that you reap what you sow. And you know what? I honestly believe this. I have seen people come from homes where no one else but them was a Christian and succeed and make it because they work at it. And they do reap what they sow, and eventually they start seeing the fruit of it. Yeah, I have seen uh, my youth pastor growing up, William Davis, who grew up in a broken home. His mom and dad were divorced ever since he was young. He got to lead his dad and his mom to the Lord 20 plus years later. But that doesn't happen without work. That doesn't happen without some labor. And I love this Bible principle here. We do believe in Bible principle. In all labor there is profit. But you know what? Talk is cheap. I don't care whether it's getting along with your parents, your adult children, your siblings, your spouse, your co-workers, your church family, any relationship. Hey, listen, you know what? Guess what? You're not going to like everybody that you go to church with. And I have seen people, good people, leave a church over something so small because they didn't like somebody else. Amen. And folks, to me, that's just not worth it. Why? This is my family. Hey, and guess what? There's going to be problems sometime in the family. There's going to be family reunions that are a little uncomfortable. For, but you know what? Truthfully, I, I, and you know what? By the way, you, sh you shouldn't be the one trying to hurt other people and getting them to leave. All right? We understand that. But at the same time, you know what it takes to like people in the church? It takes work. You know, pastor's in a different position. I've got to like everybody, right? If you don't, like, don't want to like somebody, you don't have to. You don't want to talk to them in the church, you don't have to. On a church our size, you generally have to, all right? That's why I like it, all right? You can't hide in here, all right? You're, you are here, and you have That's why we have handshaking time. You've got to get around. You've got to talk to people, all right? That's why we encourage the, That's why we do the surveys. That's why we do the silly things. Why? We are working at understanding each other and building relationships with each other. Why? Because God wants us to. And you know what? By the way, in all labor, there is profit. You say, preacher, I, I am the only one that works, all right? Well, then you know what? Eventually, you're going to reap some of that. So let me challenge you, keep doing it. Because you never know when you're going to reap in due season, like Galatians 6 says, if you faint not. Let's pray.